All right, so let's, let's get into this message. So um, I hope everyone has an outline. And uh, this is uh, fasting, letter C. And in our, in our 15 uh, issues for rediscovering and restoring, are they going up, are they on here? Um, uh, prayer with fasting is issue number 11. And so even though we were uh, in the middle of issue five, since that seemed to be the season we are, I jumped ahead and we'll talk about several other things about prayer before we actually get to fasting. And so that will kind of be inserted there if uh, we ever turn it into a book, which I hope to do someday. Does that make sense? Now, just to be more um, scrambling your brain, discombobulating everything, I'm going to have you, we're going to start at the, back, the end of the outline and work up today <laughs> so um, so on the back side Roman numeral four uh, has a um, a list of books and I'm going to talk a little bit about the books uh, you should have that list as a bulletin insert today is, is there one can I can I see that because I saw I saw uh, had Stephen make this for and Regina's bringing it thanks you know I had Stephen make this, and I saw the advanced copy electronically. But thank you so much. Good. Okay, so uh, hopefully it's not too confusing that it's the exact same books, but uh, Stephen put them in a different order. That shouldn't be. Uh, so, uh, so let's talk about, I guess we'll use, uh, use the order on the outline. So, and then next week, Noel's actually going to be talking about the book ministry, and uh, which there's a whole room for that downstairs. And um, there's uh, ways to sign out books and then return them. Uh, and, and we do like to have those signed out because this, we, we lose about $1,000 a year uh, as a church on the books that don't come back. Uh, that's well worth the risk, in my opinion, because if a few people are reading a few and if it's edifying them and uh, helping them, uh, that's all the better. Uh, you know, and so, um, you know, I, I uh, have a you know, personal library and, and in it, every book that I complete, I have a little thing in there. It used to have a stamp for it that says completed and the date. And uh, I, at times, lend those out, although I try to get another copy so I can lend the copy out. Uh, you know, and over the years, a lot of those have disappeared, but oh well. You know, you can't take your books to heaven, I'm, you know, like, uh, so, you know, hopefully they get in your heart and your mind and you will take it to heaven that way. So, um, G Jesus, uh, in J John chapter 21, um, is restoring Peter. If you remember, at the in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, their version of the Lord's Supper covers very different things than John's version of the Lord's Supper. John, having read the other three before he wrote his gospel, 
uh, centers his gospel around five miracles, four of which aren't in the other gospels, and five discourses, none of which are in the, in the other gospels. And so the God, the John's, Jesus' discourse with the disciples in John 13, 14, 15, and 16 is uh, four chapters of John are, dealt, are, are on one sermon that Jesus gave at the first uh, Lord's Supper, at the Passover Supper just before his Passion. And uh, in, in the Synoptic Gospels, the, the, one of the emphasis is both on the fact that Peter would deny Jesus three times and um, that uh, Judas would betray Jesus. In, in addition, at least one of the Synoptic Gospels, uh, Jesus said, tells Peter, when you're restored, when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. So uh, Jesus is also predicting uh, quite clearly that Peter will uh, not fall away in permanently as Judas did in this situation, but that he'll be uh, granted repentance and turn back to the Lord and that God will use that as a sanctifying, maturing uh, event in Peter's life. And so uh, in John, uh, just like Peter denies Jesus three times in, in the uh, uh, courtyard of, of the high priest, uh, and like Peter has God bring the vision of the sheet of, of Old Testament unclean animals uh, to him in Acts chapter 10 to show him that uh, he's got to change his mindset because the mindset that the Jews had against the Gentiles for th that increasingly grew in the last few centuries before Christ was not the Old Testament idea and was completely erroneous and unbiblical, and it had to go because God's plan of salvation and his kingdom was always destined to be for all peoples. In Genesis 12, God, when God calls Abraham to start the movement, uh, so to speak, he, he tells him, in you, all families of the earth will be blessed, right? So it, uh, there is much, much, much in the Old Testament about the fact that the kingdom and the gospels are for everyone in the world, Right? So the Jews had fallen into uh, a thing that religion often uh, has a way of doing to us where we have wrong attitudes and wrong motivations and even have pietistic reasons that we do it. And so that, that, that's a very common thing. And uh, all, I, I'm sure all of you know that you have to struggle against that as you mature in Christ. And uh, if, if you don't, you'll probably never make much progress in the Christian life. There's all sorts of legalistic and, uh, you know, critical of others and, you know, not, not being a team player and all kind of temp temptations along the way that uh, if, you, if you don't get past them, you'll, you'll not be a vessel useful to the master, as, as Paul tells Timothy, right? So... Uh, 
so just as Jesus had restored or had predicted three times to Peter that he would deny him, and then it came about, and then he shows him the, the animals three times, he also restores him three times. And so one of the things that uh, is very clear in the Bible that we modern people have a very difficult time with is, you know, sometimes the, the Bible is quite repetitive. And I, I remember in 1998, when I was about 24 years in Christ, and I was reading the Gospel of Matthew for probably a hundred and third time or something. I didn't keep count. But uh, although I, I could actually probably go back to a lot of Bibles and be, put it together because I do this little tally thing where I know how many times I read it in that Bible. Um, so... Um, the, the Bible is always repeating itself, always. The whole point of the, uh, of the Lord's Supper is do this in remembrance of me. And the Greek is, is way beyond uh, a, uh, just a physical or intellectual doing. It's a kind of a re, revigorating, re, reliving, revisiting re, um, uh, the, the Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and the fact that that is actually what makes our covenant in Christ together possible. And that's why uh, you'll find that um, as, as traditions, you know, Catherine pointed out uh, about the Amish and other uh, descendants, uh, you know, m much of evangelical Christianity today is descended from... Uh, from the Anabaptist uh, original movement, um, and uh, was it Jacob Menno that you know he, the Mennonites are named after him, of course, and um, uh, they they were the first Christians to begin not to celebrate the Lord's Supper on every Lord's Day. No Christians ever thought of that before, uh, because. As you know, our teachings on covenant, there's about 12 major things that you find in every biblical covenant. And one of those is that covenants have ceremonies of enactment, like a wedding, and ceremonies of renewal. And, you know, if, just read Nehemiah and Ezra and so forth if you don't understand how important ceremonies of renewal are. So, you know, there's a reason why when they... When Josiah Maddox uh, found the book of the law in, in the sanctuary, uh, they, uh, they had, a, had a festive celebration at, and, uh, and read the book of the law to all the peoples out loud. Public scripture reading is, goes way back uh, much further than, uh, than the New Testament practice of it. So celebrations of reenactment or renewal uh, are, are very important. And uh, that's, of course, what the, the Lord's Supper is. So again, when Jesus restores Peter, he says uh, twice to feed his sheep and once to tend. So taking care of the sheep, which we all, community, all, everyone is the shepherd of one another in a Christian community. You know, I, the, 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 I, the doctrine, I'm not my brother's keeper, 
wasn't really founded from a good source, <laughs> let's say. And, uh, you know, it didn't come out of deep revelation from the Spirit of God. Um, you know, we are our brother's keeper. And so, um, with that, tending involves both feeding and protecting. And the other two times, Jesus is emphasizing the feeding. And that's why we actually consider it one of the most major important ministries that Grace Christian Fellowship does and that we, and you know, Nathan and all sorts of people uh, are involved in helping us do this all the time. And we're going to revamp one of the lists. But we have four lists of books uh, that we publish to help you grow in Christ. And one of them we call the foundational book list. Uh, a second one, and we're about, we are in the process. Nathan is heading this little project up with Catherine and, and Noel, and I forget who else, but we're in the process of reading some old Larry Burkett books, uh, to, who's probably been the best uh, name in, uh, in biblical teachings about financial management in the last 30 or 40 years. Uh, unfortunately, he died in 2003. Uh, but uh, we're going to choose one of his books out of the pro out of the three that that lend themselves toward this to to add to the foundational book list. So, because one of the things we're finding is the vast majority of people that this church tends to lead to Christ are usually under 25, almost always under 40. Uh, that's a little bit by design because the whole emphasis of the Bible is how well you're passing the, 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 um, the kingdom, the gospel, and so forth to future generations. I, I really don't care how fruitful uh, my life is. I really care how fruitful the disciples that come out of it are. And I, I wouldn't presume to measure anything by how fruitful I am or am not but I think a lot will be known a generation after I'm dead and gone uh, about whether, uh, you know, I wasted uh, my visitation to this planet or, uh, or sought God to make it worth something and count. And, of course, hopefully that's a strong motivation for every Christian. And, you know, what kind of legacy are we leaving with our life? And uh, so... Uh, Noel will give us more on, on the, the book list next week. So there's an apologetics book list, a, a foundational. Then there's one that I call the intermediate. But, uh, there was once uh, books on six other important topics. It was recently expanded to nine important topics. And we're in the process of expanding it to 15. And it'll take the front and back of, of, of two pages uh, done sideways in landscape so we can have four columns and uh, and hopefully there will eventually be you know around 50 books on the list uh, we don't expect you know like one of the th reasons we started the discipleship groups is we were finding uh, very often that uh, many people in the church had been here one two even five years and had not read all the foundational books and we work hard at making that book list easy reading so that people can finish it the first year or so they're a Christian. And that's always the goal. What's that? 
So, all right, so we're working backwards. I'll probably just get through the, uh, the, these books today. That that would be very good if I do. Uh, there's two of them on the back table in the lobby, and those are the two uh, books by Derek Prince that are listed under A, and I believe they're both on Stephen's list, aren't they? Um, yeah, uh, the last one and the second one. So the, uh, back in those days, the, the guys who headed up the controversial uh, Covenant Church movement and so forth, uh, all, all but two of which are dead now, um, they had a concept called cassette books. So they're, uh, when, when they gave uh, a teaching that was really useful or whatever, they would just have somebody uh, turn it into a little booklet usually like 50 pages or so. And that's what these two Derek Prince's books are. But one of them uh, is more toward the practical, and the other one uh, includes a list of about 10 promises or blessings for fasting as given in Isaiah 58. Now, Mahesh Shabda's book, which is uh, number D on the list, also contains that. They don't agree on the number of promises there are in Isaiah 58. I think one of them has 10, the other one 12. You know, when I've gone through it and I've taught on it over the years, sometimes I've put, have come up with 10, sometimes 11, and sometimes 12, because uh, one or two of them are kind of uh, a repeat of the same thing uh, and, could be cons- and, and could be considered not two things kind of thing. But if you consider, if you spend any time, of course, I've listed uh, the 10 that I see at the bottom of the, fir- uh, the first page and at the top of the second page, and I hope to go through these. I'll probably be on this topic one more week, um, and I, I'm going to work to a stopping point here. Uh, hopefully, I won't be on this topic five more weeks, but... Uh, but uh, you know, um, I, at one time, I, I was a sales trainer for the year, for, the, for a career. So in, a, in the company I worked for in the 90s, uh, when new people came, uh, my job was to get the salesmen doing well. And, um, oh boy, I lost. and so one of the things I always taught in the nature of the sales business we were in is don't leave money on the table. So I, I remember a guy who never, he, he always ended up the last, least most successful salesman in the office. He was out of there at 10 minutes to five every day, rain, shine. He could have five deals in progress, uh, but he would just, you know, it was five o'clock, time to go home. And of course, you'd usually cheat on it a few minutes and Leave it, 10 or 5 minutes to 5. But um, the nature of the sales we had is there was kind of seven steps in a transaction, some of which involved overnighting paperwork out and providing the customer with a overnight to overnight it back to us uh, because we we loaned money for equipment uh, nationally. And so... um, Often, if you stayed an extra hour, it would mean the difference between getting it to the next step or not, and 
off, quite often that ended up translating into whether the deal fell apart or not. Uh, because, it, you know, it was kind of a thing that you wanted to get done as efficiently as possible. So, hey, Stephen, could you get me another cold bottle of water? Because I'm kill- my mouth's really dry today. I think I drank too much tea. All right, so um, with, the, with the idea of Isaiah 58's 10, 11, or 12 promises, and it has about six conditions to the promises, uh, trade you. Thank you. Um, they are some amazing promises. Uh, they are things that will change your life, your family's life, uh, the, the outcome for your children, and uh, your fruitfulness in terms of discipleship and all sorts of things. Uh, to not use that tool would be like uh, Nathan going to work to, uh, or, or Bradbury and saying, you know, I'm going to do this without the tools today. Uh, how would that work, Bradbury? Not too well. And so, you know, one of the things I've always enjoyed the most is that I did this when I used to remodel houses, when it was how I got through grad school. Um, and I've watched almost everyone who gets into a trade uh, that involves fixing stuff or building stuff. Uh, they Before long, they start... Uh, spending a portion of their budget acquiring more and better tools. And that seems to be something they really enjoy because they show you the tools and they tell you what it does and and why this is helping them better than the old tool did. And uh, I remember Nathan going through that process. And uh, um, so um, fasting is, you know, just like reading the scriptures speaking in tongues, uh, spending time privately or corporately in worship, uh, prayer, corporate or private, uh, it's one of the great tools to bring uh, a greater release of God's power and provision and grace. And it's a tool, like in Matthew 17, when it says this kind does not come out by prayer and fasting, you know, the reason this uh, Roman numeral three, which I hope you'll do on your own, we're not going to end up getting to it, that list, um, 10 or so, how many? Uh, eight, I guess. Um, famous examples in the scriptures of fasting that changed the course of history. And I first began to realize how important fasting was to change outcomes in terms of of the spiritual warfare we're involved in and the enemy trying to take your children from you and all that kind of stuff. I first began to realize that when I was reading Derek Prince's book, Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting in the 70s. And as you know, I'm a great admirer of what they're doing and accomplishing at Dominion Academy and I'm so thankful that we have teachers there, students there, the school nurse there, and so forth. But uh, 
you know, the, the primary thing that, that that church was birthed out of was in the campus ministry in Bowling Green, of which Wayne was on the leadership team of that, and uh, Catherine, and of course I had start, been the one they asked to start the campus ministry and was the head of it. Uh, the Lord led us into a season of fasting that kind of went off and on for uh, two weeks. I remember the first time my wife finished a seven or 10 day fast, she resolved very thoroughly that she's never going to do that again. <laughs> that was very hard. So, uh, and I think some people shouldn't try to do more than like a 24 hour fast. But, you know, um, we have uh, some, both uh, a few, both men and women in our church who do seven day fast and 21 day fast and 40 day fast and and some people are called to that and if you're the one of the people who has the grace and ability to do that it's a tremendous responsibility for the rest of the church because you fast for for everyone you're fasting for your family you're fasting because jesus has a wonderful plan for your children and so does satan and, uh, you know, God's sovereignty and providence, anytime we understand that in a way that would call us to inaction, is we're not understanding it rightly. Okay, often in uh, the, the doctrines of God's sovereignty, election, foreknowledge, end up causing a lot of Christians to do nothing in terms of evangelism, discipleship, and missions, and even in terms of prayer. And uh, that, is, that is really screwed up. I mean, that is never what the Bible is endorsing. Uh, you know, I love in Daniel, it says, the people who know their God will rise up and take action. So, you know, as... as uh, my daughter Carla's favorite thing I think I ever said is there's no one else coming. You know, the, you know, the reason I take this so, in, uh, so importantly is because God has a, a special calling for different churches. He has a very clear and special calling for Grace Christian Fellowship, and he doesn't have a plan B about who's going to do it. And because you're going to do it. So anyway, the, the, the historical fast in the Bible, uh, I really saw the importance of them because that's what Derek Prince's book, uh, Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting, is. Mahesh Shabda book not only um, has um, a lot about... Um, the 10, 10 promises uh, that come out of fasting. I would say Mahashavda's book motivated me to uh, succeed in fasting because you all know I've probably fa failed nine times out of every time, 10 times I've set out to do a longer fast and broken it before I intended. Uh, but by the grace of God, one out of 10 times, uh, the Lord has helped you know, me stick with it. And, uh, you know, I, I do love food, and I think you can't fast effectively until you really understand that food was given by God to be gratefully enjoyed. Food tastes really good uh, 
that wasn't a mistake. That, that, that you know, like God, God invented Bradbury to grill meat, and you know, among other reasons, you know, and uh, uh, so. Uh, thank God for the Weber company and, you know, <laughs> and, and all sorts of other uh, grill, grill companies. Okay. So uh, that, that's kind of a little review of some of the books. And that's, uh, uh, oh, I do want to mention John Piper's book and then we'll end there. Um, I've been reading that one. Uh, I like to do things that are divine tensions, you know, like, this uh, that seemingly are contradictory. So I've been reading two books the last several weeks, and one of them is a book called Food. Yeah, the kids can come in and sit down because we're on past time. Uh, one of them, well, I'll be done in just a minute. One of them is a book called Food by Jim Gaffigan. Is that how you say his name? And uh, so he's a comedian that I don't know very well, but I've seen a routine of his once or twice and it seems that he's uh, not very raunchy or so forth like so many comedians. He seems pretty family friendly uh, from what I know. And uh, uh, his wife is a devout Catholic. He has five children. Uh, and uh, he's really funny. But it, the, the book is a celebration of uh, America's um, a little twisted overemphasized relationship with food. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, he has sections on the different foods in every different region of the country and, and all kinds of fun stuff in it. So it's very enjoyable and entertaining. Um, uh, then I'm reading John Piper's uh, book on, on fasting. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, sometimes I have to turn it to Piper's book if, I've been, if uh, the Jim Caffigan gets me thinking too much about food. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, so Piper's book's the antidote, you know. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, this book has helped me with, uh, you know, John Piper has been called by God to have a very specific emphasis called Desiring God. And lots of people like that he's kind of a reformed Baptist in his thinking and, and all that. But uh, I like that he calls you to do the things, get rid of the things in your life, to humble yourself. He calls you back to your first love as the one song we sang today, Awaken My Soul. And... Um, if, if you've walked with God uh, for any length of time, like more than around 20 minutes, uh, if you're, you know, past 21, if you're at like 30 minutes or more, you've probably struggled with keeping Jesus in that intimate first love with nothing, nothing and no one else competing with your affections for him. And I hope you can relate to this. If not, you're a lot holier than I am. And uh, so uh, we all uh, need help. You know, wanna, you know, I seek God for, an, for a word and an emphasis for my, for my life every year between Thanksgiving and New Year's because that's always around 40 days, so that's a nice biblical period. 
and my birthday falls in that, that window. So it's a good time to seek God what to emphasize for the next year. And probably the second biggest emphasis I've had over the years has been you've left your first love, return to your first love. And he doesn't leave you uh, ambivalent about what that means. It's not just, what is that? I, yeah, I want to love you more. Like how to, you know, like if you're, it's like, you know, when your wife says, you say, I love you, dear. And she says, why don't you remember to take out the trash on Wednesdays then? Or, uh, you know, um, why don't you get a job? But uh, <laughs> hopefully we don't have that one. But, um, you know, love has to be expressed in certain ways. And so Jesus makes it clear, as the song did, do what you did at first. And so I often look at my life and say, am I as intensely zealous? Am I as passionate? Is I, am I doing the things, is scripture reading uh, as high a priority as it once was? Uh, you know, if you know, in your marriage, think about what you did when you're recording. Do you, do you remember flowers as often as, as that now? <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I, I love to not get flowers at Valentine's Day, but to just get flowers because it's Tuesday, and uh, you know, and Thursday makes a good excuse too. So, uh, you know. You know, the element of, uh, of doing something when it's not required is especially wonderful. But so, you know, Piper really has this emphasis on uh, fasting to help us cleanse the things out of our life that are hindering our devotion to Christ. And I find that very helpful. So uh, that, with that, I'll end today's message. And uh, so today was mostly a review. Next week, Noel's going to talk a little bit about, I, we sometimes think people don't know uh, that we have the book ministry in the basement and they're available. Uh, if you can't afford them, they can be signed out or you can buy them. Uh, and uh, this week, Stephen and I and Christiana will be kind of, uh, tweaking the book list a little bit and uh, three of the four book lists will be as bulletin insert next Sunday and so uh, but we probably won't talk about the bullet the books because I'm going to try to get to some of the other points on this outline next week uh, so let's with that let's have uh, is on vestment sure. so